This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And now your host, TJ. I got some sound effects ready to go. And we're recording, so I'm glad you have the sound effects ready to go. So <laughs> here we go again with the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. I'm your host, TJ Knight. Joined by the usual cast of characters, we have Hat. No longer Hat Guy. Just we're going to go by Hat. Hi. Which one of you has like barware clanking in the background? I've got the dryer one. That, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> Excellent. We're off to a good start. I'm talking. I didn't even know we were recording. And now uh, Chris has barware clanking in the background. Maybe well, we should hey, just restart the show right here. <laughs> no, we're not going to restart it because I think this is just how we work. So, and if you didn't, and if you couldn't tell, the other, our other co- partner in crime tonight is Conspiracy Chris back again, two weeks in a row. This is like a record for you for now. Now, I had important things going on for a couple weeks there, so it's not like I was just dicking around not doing anything. I there was like major t- stuff going on. Well, with you, I'm it's hard to dick it around. <laughs> and with you, it's hard to tell. And we are also joined by Mary Grace. She is sitting with me. So if there's any baby talking in the background, that would be her. So we, we do have, I guess, three and a half. Would that be kind of what we have tonight then? So the best of the decade show is where we're ultimately going to go. But let's start with a little bit of coverage of some of the goings on of the soccer world and things that we thought were interesting enough to talk about. So the news of the week, the news, news of, of the week, the news <laughs> of the week that we find relevant, which most people probably don't, but it's stuff that we do. So do we want to start with Arsenal? Is that let's, let's start there. Seeing you guys are, you guys are the Arsenal apologists and then we'll kind of um, circle back from that. So it's not apology. Yeah, it can be. So, um, let's start with Arteta. Arteta going to Arsenal. Mikel Arteta, Arteta, yes, is going to be the uh, new man in charge at Arsenal. He was the guy that was very nearly named to the post uh, when they eventually decided to go with Unai Emery like 19 months ago, and now he is going to be getting the job if if. Basically, all reports are to believe. He's been Pep Guardiola's number two at Man City uh, for a long time. He is a uh, you know, well-regarded guy by a lot of people who you know really know these things, including Pep. But Pep and Arsene Wenger have both said they think he'll be a, a great yeah. manager. He, you know, if, if you do remember, Pep did put him in charge of... Basically, he handled everything Arsenal-related last season when... City destroyed us, so um, good for him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously. I, I think I texted with Chris this week that the upside is very very high because he might end up being Pep Guardiola. The downside, if you're if you're looking at it from a can this guy wrestle us back into a champions league spot by the end of the year so we can salvage something some sort of scrap of on the otherwise shit season and then and then move forward from there uh i don't know that he's the guy and i also don't know that his upside will be backed up by the arsenal board um but i have a 
I was a little comforted this week in that it seems like he's making sure there are some <clears throat> everybody's on the same page and there are some assurances before he takes the job. So I, I it's not it's not Arteta that I doubt. Um, it's the Arsenal ownership and the Arsenal board that I doubt. But um, I still would have preferred Pochettino or uh, somebody more with more of a track record, I guess, more experience managing managing because you know Arteta has never done that. But well, it, it, yeah, at, at yeah. least there's something to to I don't know to put your faith in. Like it's to me, it's not even a matter of him as a person. Uh, being a problem it's it's arsenal as a as a club as an organization i mean they did this presumably it, it certainly sounds like and and it would seem from uh, kind of their their obvious behavior they did this because they thought he, they could control him you know that he wouldn't be somebody like allegri or ancelotti who might uh demand all sorts of things and expect that uh you know the the um the team is molded to their will. Uh, they're in talks, so at least the rumor is they're in talks about you know what the um, what the budget will be to to acquire some new players. But that could mean anything. They they could be in talks over five million pounds. You know they could be in talks over fifty million pounds. We have no idea. Now, based on the fact that we've spent seventy two million on one player one time. My guess is it's probably more likely the five million than the fifty. You know, um, I I tend to believe that the 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 Cronkies aren't going to invest a lot more money right now because they're going to see it as the, this is a, a waste. They they spent seventy two million and they got nothing for it. Why are they going to give you more? So I think they're going to scrimp and save, and maybe we make some money selling um, Yang and and they let us turn that around. And then maybe we get, yeah. you know, maybe maybe we get two thirds of whatever that sale is. But I, I I don't tend to believe that there's going to be extra money to be spent. Um, so I I don't know. This is all just really discouraging to me because it's it's a decision the club made to kind of avoid commitment. You know, they don't have to. If if they've hired a, a big name coach, they're making a statement that they're in this. They're making a statement right. of, of intent for this season and for the future. And I think this was a cop-out. I think this was a way of, of not going either way. Um, you know, to me, this speaks to they don't really know what will happen, so they don't want to make a, a commitment because maybe this season we don't finish better than, than mid-table. Um, they don't know how to get back, or they would probably be making a statement in that regard. And they have no plan to really get us out of this shithole that we're in. So we're stuck in this nether region where it's know, purgatory. Yeah, it, 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 it's purgatory. That, that's a, I should have probably said that. Um, it no, just, nether, but nether region sounds more like you. So we're going <laughs> to. Uh, I guess so, I was thinking of that because uh, my kids love Minecraft. But uh, okay. uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it just. It. It makes me feel disappointed, too, in that because of the way this is being handled, now I'm prejudging a guy that I don't have anything against him. I didn't, like, I liked him when he was at Everton. I thought, okay, when we signed him, I didn't, I didn't quite get it because I didn't quite understand why we needed him. Um, but, you know, it, it's not like I, I disliked him as a player for Arsenal. I yeah. just 
didn't I, I it's not like I loved him either. Fine. He he um, was a good leader and he you always get the sense that he was a smarter player than he was a good yeah. player. Yeah. So like it, it makes he's Pep Guardiola in that sense. He's you know, he's he, he's uh, I I think he's you know, being a you know, central defensive mids always do well as managers or a lot of times they make good managers and and he's always seemed like a leader and a smart guy and a demanding guy and Pepsi's a lot in him. And I think there's a lot of things to be excited about, except for the fact that he's going to have the same players that the two managers before him, the three managers before him, couldn't succeed with. Get progressively got worse with. Yeah. 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 My, 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 I guess my point, and I think this is what I said uh, the other day when, when like uh, Pat and I were talking, was um, maybe he's awesome, but... Johan Cruyff could come back, like yeah. could could come back to life, and he couldn't fix this shit. I mean, Klopp would have people excited if you could just throw anybody at at the problem, and maybe the players would try harder under him. But there aren't enough good players in the positions we need to truly change things, and I don't believe there'll be any money to fix that. So what what are we left with? We're left with a project, but a project of what? You know, and that's the one area where I would have liked to have seen Jose. Because if he felt they weren't living up to their end of the bargain or they weren't spending the money, he would publicly call out Arsenal management, Arsenal ownership for not spending the money. It would actually I, be nice to see someone from that organization have the balls like to come out and say what everyone already You, I mean, you guys, Chris, especially you. Now, Arteta, I don't know enough about. Like, I know, I know he came from Arsenal in that sense. You're talking about Pep's right hand. That's but you're talking about him like, you know, he's he's Velko Panovich or somebody coming no, in. I, he doesn't have a clue. You don't sit next to Pep for several years no, and not I, understand. I'm what excited he's doing. about him. Look, in that. I, I, I don't I don't mean it like that. And 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 this is why I say like what what I don't like about this hire is part of it is the fact that they're sort of putting me in a position where where I, I have to judge this guy because he has no track record that that I can say for sure. Look, there were people who sat next to Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson who didn't amount to shit. There, there are plenty of coaches who, you know, just because they've they've been close to someone have not been quality coaches when they got the the chance at, at the top job. There's more to it than simply I don't know picking a lineup. It remains to be seen if, if he can do all those things. Now, the one, now look, he has a history with Arsenal, and, and I like that. Um, you know, Aubameyang's brother supposedly said something online about, like, uh, this is no different than picking Freddie Yunberg. And, and it's sort of true that, great, you found a guy who has served as an assistant, and you found a guy who has Arsenal history, but it's still not, there's no proof that, that he can manage at this level. And for some of the guys, say like Aubameyang, who kind of could go play anywhere, how do they feel about having a guy who doesn't have that kind of experience telling them I, what to do? I think we should sell him. Oh, I, I think we have to. Is, is, he I becoming, love... is he becoming that much of a malcontent? No, 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 I that's not it. I think he's a good captain. He, I think he, he, I don't care what his brother says on Twitter. I, I think that he needs to go elsewhere, and we need to strike while we can get the money and... Gabriel Martinelli should start. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I, I feel like it's time to sell him too, not because, um, not because I have a problem with him, because I, I actually have have liked him as a captain. Other than when he uh, screamed out, I think it was Martinelli, uh, or what was that uh, Saka, like two weeks ago. I think it was Saka. Yeah. Um, even that, I'm not totally against. Yeah. 
I mean, come on. There, there's a litany of famous players who are, well, we, we've we been over this a couple weeks ago or whatever when you guys were laughing because I said uh, whatever about Jordan being a dick. <laughs> uh, but there are all kinds of players who are, you know, who can lead the team but aren't necessarily the best play, best people to, to be around. Uh, I, I don't mind them being, I don't mind him being, being demanding. So I, I'm not totally against it, but otherwise I've really liked the things he's done as a captain or a leadership figure amongst the team Yeah. Um, this season. And kind of, I, I guess you'd say over the last two years, probably, but um, I, I do feel like he's our one bright spot that we know we can sell. We know people want him. And, Frankly, right now, we need the money more than we need a goal scorer that we can't supply. No, and, and that I actually agree with. And you mentioned it earlier that the Cronkies won't open the checkbook. You know, we've talked about this off and on between US Fan TV and the Minivan Dad Pod. Do the Cronkies, with having invested, what is it? I think the price tag now in LA is $4 billion. Oh, the they're, they're talking it could be yeah. six. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is going to be between so much. four and six or something like that. They started at two. But Did you guys cost... see the uh, the Blues fans last night with the F Stan Kroenke chant? <laughs> I did not. But I'm I, sure I've not seen the chant. That's hilarious. I love that. Yes, they were playing the um, Avalanche, so it made yeah. sense. Well, I, I just love that. I did see things all over uh, Facebook in like the, the Blues fan groups about like uh, people talking about how we had to beat them just to like rub it in last night. <laughs> And you know what? Like rub it in Stan's face. It's rubbing in Stan's face because the I guarantee you the fans of the Avalanche agree. Oh, probably. It, yeah. It, it's not like anybody really loves these people wherever they go. It, it's and I, I do think that Stan's son Josh is a little more savvy from like a public relations standpoint about what fans want to hear and and what what the owner of a team should sound like. But it, they're not winners. They don't win. Well, it's it's because you, you're just you, wait, part wait, of a wait, portfolio. Wait, wait, wait. You're Hold not. On. You're not a. TJ's going to go. Oh, the the yeah. Rapids won that MLS Cup and. Oh no! I wasn't even going to go. Oh. I was not going to talk about the Rapids. I was going to talk about the fact that the Rams were just in the Super Bowl last year. Right. Uh, the in, the, in a lot of ways, Stanley that Cup. was that was a fluke. I mean, the, you know, okay. it was it was a lot of things. A lot of things fell in place to make right. it happen. I, and I will now, shut that argument down right now, TJ. Look at the. Fenway group that owns the Red Sox and what they do with the Red Sox. And then look at how it's translated to Liverpool. I and I'll look at all of Stan's oh no, shit teams. I agree. I yeah. agree. Okay. I agree hundred percent. I was just saying, but before you just say they don't know how to win, they've won the Stanley cup. They've been to the super bowl. Um, Did, Denver, the Denver nuggets have been a pretty good often, you know, when they had no, um, the Denver nuggets have been garbage for a long time. They, well, they had, Carm- they had Carm- when I was they in had Afghanistan, them and they did nothing. Carmelo and, and Ad- did, well, they got to the conference. Did final, the so. Avalanche win the Stanley Cup while Kroenke no. owned them? He he bought them after. I thought they. I That's thought what the second, I thought. But I, 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 thought he also cup. was not responsible for the greatest show on turf portion of the Rams. That was still Georgia. Correct. Um, Correct. But they did. But they did just go to the Super Bowl. I, I guess. No. Um, I know at the beginning of the season we did talk about Josh Kroenke, and you said you guys seem to have a little bit of optimism with him. At least um, he talks. He does, and and actually goes to some games. Yeah. So I guess here, let's get to the bottom line of Arsenal and the Cronkies, because I don't want to move into another part of Arsenal with this. Is where do they do they finish in anywhere close to a Europe spot the next no. at the end of this? I mean, maybe look, maybe may, they get seventh and sneak may, into a the bonus 
Europa League spot or something. I don't know. There, there's certainly a chance. It's not like we're unreasonably out of, of, of the race. Um, but there's an awful lot of things that have to change really fast. There's the easier. What they have to do is, is concentrate on winning the Europa League. That is probably, the easy, that's probably. the easier path to the Champions League than than finishing in the top four. I think. Um, I I don't I don't think we're making top four. No, I th- think we'll be lucky to make Europa League spots. Yeah. I, I frankly think we'll be lucky to probably make eighth place. I was and that was going to be my next question. My, my it... real problem has been our ahead, our, our 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 scores and our finishes have been terrible against the worst teams in the league. And, and you know, Arsenal's had that problem for years. But at least we had good games against the best teams. We're not having those either. So we're not making up ground on the, on the good teams. And we're not making up ground over the bad teams. So what are we going to do? Like, you, you, we've, we've essentially treaded water for about the last two months. You uh, got one Premier League win in two months. Yeah, yeah, think about that. Um, you don't have a lot of time left. Like mid-season is weeks away, so now we start playing all those teams again, and we already showed that we can't beat them the first time. What are we going to do the second time? Um, I just, frankly, I look at us and say, are we even a mid-table and that was team gonna, and, right now? And after, and, and that was going to be my follow-up question: Was do they right now? They're sitting in tenth. Do they stay in the top half? I, I don't think we will be come January 1st. Okay, and then the, and then my last question kind of to finish it up is, will, kind of to wrap that into a bow is, will they finish closer to a spot in Europe or closer to the relegation derby? I still don't think we'll probably end up in relegation. At this rate, I think we will be in de- at risk of it next season. Um, so I, I do think there's an awful lot of things that are now on Arteta's plate. And, and, you know, that kind of brings me back to my argument, I guess, from before, not, not to totally circle this back, but that that's an awful lot of stuff to throw on an unproven guy. You couldn't stick Pep in this role. And he Pep said that Pep said that it, it, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, you know how you can, how you can ask this of a guy who has yeah. no track record. So period it, it, to me, it's sort of like we're screwing this guy for, right for having played for us in the past you we know have like to realize that and we have to be better as a fan base than to arteta out him in two or three games when things aren't going well we we have to actually give it some time until it's, it becomes clear and we would have done that with emery too you and i would have at least chris but it became clear that he lost them yeah. and and i don't you know I think that there may be people who Arteta has already lost, but I think we have to give him some time. We like there's there's no point in in this constant cycle of 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 replacing managers. Now we need to give him at least the amount of time that Emery got to see if we can start to see an uptick. We've got to give see what he does in the January window and the summer window, and then you know it's because it this. I, I hate this whole like, and it's a joke sometimes. The the Wenger out signs became kind of funny, and and but there were legitimately people with with Jungberg out signs in the Emirates. Yeah, like that that stuff. I think you're is, just a fucking moron. Well, see, I, I think I think it's people mistaking or 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 projecting their mistaken um, right concerns because in, in the end, you know. 
I agree probably with, with where their stance is coming from. I don't agree with their outcome. And I think it's that they're projecting that problem then onto Freddie and saying, you should be able to fix this when it's like that problem is so much bigger than him. The, no, yeah. it, it, and I think Chris, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. It's there. Arsenal is a club in my opinion, and I'm and standing from the outside looking in, in transition. They, they need to kind of rebuild their entire image and Emery lacking an image kind of didn't do him any favors that were way. Jumberg, yeah, I, I, I know I was trying to be optimistic with them, but he clearly seems over his head. So He's I think still so sexy. <laughs> well, he is. And, that, and that's true. But Arteta, you know, as Pep's right hand, it, it, I guess it, the question becomes, is he the next Kirby smart or is he the next Josh McDaniel and every other one from the Belichick tree that falls flat on their face? So I guess we'll find out with that way. But Arsenal management hiring Arteta, Chris, you seem to be a little opti- little pessimistic about it. Pat, you seem more optimistic about it. But Arsenal's management as a whole, how dense are how dense slash tone deaf are they with the way they handled Mesut Ozil in his commentary and his commentary yeah. this week? The, they don't take political stances except when it's an easy political stance to take, right? Like the Rainbow Laces campaign, they supported. Um, they support, They're U.S. soccer. Yeah, they it, they support any number of things until, or the NBA, right? Until it interferes <laughs> yeah. with their bottom line in China, and then we can't say anything. And I, I'll be honest, like, I don't know a ton about what's happening in the northwest of China. I just have to go off what I've read, but... Um, I give Mesut Ozil tons of credit for using his platform to speak out against you know, a country that has major issues. And obviously, Arsenal is uh, not afraid to kowtow to countries that have major human rights issues, being that Fly Emirates is on our shirt and Visit Rwanda is on our sleeve. And, you know, it, it's Rwanda. And, well, and let's go, a step, let's go a step further. I mean, China or Arsenal regularly seems to go to China for their off season. Yeah. Too, every so. other mm-hmm. they do this, this summer would be an Asia year for them. If they keep the, 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 the hell they, they, the only, they only started coming to the U S in the very just, last few yeah. years because finally there was enough money in it. Like they were it, going to Asia basically every yeah. summer because it, it made them money. And they, I, I couldn't even believe, and I, I shouldn't say I couldn't believe, but I was, uh, I found it insane that, they pull them out of FIFA. They pull them out of Football Manager. Yeah, like he's, he doesn't exist in China. They pull them off, off you know their search engines, um, which you know if you were hoping that Mesut Ozil was going to come to MLS and not go to China, you're probably going to get your wish now because I don't think he's going to China. So until until uh, he says something bad about Trump, and then... Uh, I was going to say, Mesut Ozil... <laughs> then the same thing start happening here in a few years. Wait, I, what? You know, Mesut Ozil, though, I, I don't know if you give him credit, but he definitely is one to speak his mind one way or the other. Um, I mean... At, at times, like, he's... Like, I, 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 I totally support him in, in doing this, because fuck China. What yeah. a bunch of assholes. Your country's a fucking shithole. Uh, fuck you guys. And, yep. and I don't say it's a shithole because of like anything specific there. Like, I don't know, in terms of whatever, it, it's, it's really just the leadership. It, that's um, what we're, Winnie, it, Winnie that's the Pooh is a douche. Cities or anything. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh is a douche. But yet at the same time, but, 
Except yes. Ozil at the same time is the same one that posed with pictures with Erdogan from Turkey. So oh yeah yeah no, yeah like, that's that's he, so it's kind of right. it's kind of weird in that sense. Right. I, I, I I'm yeah. glad he I'm glad he's um bringing light to or posed with Erdogan. Light on. Erdogan was his uh, best man at his wedding, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, I believe you could be. Yeah, it could be correct. He, he's this weird mixture of, of things. I, I don't quite understand it. But um, at the same time, I don't have any problem with somebody speaking up and saying, yeah, China, you're being dicks over here because the whole rest of the world all the time bends over backwards to to not say something bad about them. And it's it's ridiculous. Uh, so I'm all in favor or all for him doing this. Um, but yeah, don't don't get me wrong. Like he, his, his, um, his stances aren't always. I mean, I, I guess you'd say they're human. They're they're not always, um, perhaps well informed. No, and th- but this one, and this one, I will say he's spot on. I mean, it is. I believe it is considered a massacre going on with with the. Is it? I want to say Uyghurs in China, and that's what he's speaking up about. But the well, fact that he, it, it, it's it's thought to be. But who can be sure? Because we're not allowed to know. Well, and and, the, and just that, yeah. And then Arsenal goes, decides to get about a spine so, as strong as the Houston Rockets, and <laughs> oh, we gotta kiss China's ass. Get a spine, seriously. So I, yeah, it 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 pisses me off when organizations in free countries crack down on freedom of speech to to give up their their rights to a country they don't live in they just make some money off them and the problem is every time you do that you make it harder to make money in the future there because they're going to find something else to crack down on you and eventually what are you going to have left to stop them so every time you do this you give them more power to do something else so what, right. what, whatever it, it, it's ridiculous yeah, on, and and, and but, thank you, Chris. And Chris, thank you very much for using the word ridiculous because we are going to move to our ridiculous portion of the show. And please tell me it's the athletic article about the uh, U.S. guys posing. No, the- I wasn't. <laughs> no, but I was gonna. No, we, we could get to that. I was I was going to go with something more ridiculous and in along the same lines of stupid and uh, like like Arsenal's management and talk about. The new marketing campaign for Siri uh, and anti-racism, anti-racist oh marketing okay. campaign for Okay, what I want to know is, do they not understand, or is that just, and I think this is, it is the latter here, is it just a blatant, okay, we'll do this, fuck you, haha, like, like, we're, they're, they're just so obscenely racist that for, even and, their anti-racism can is Campaign for those through. who haven't been on Twitter this week, the, the, the or catches up with this and hadn't paid attention to Twitter. Basically, Siri is trying to do an anti-racism marketing campaign. Unfortunately, they hired an artist who design who whose primary work is designing is drawing chimpanzees. So their marketing campaign is chimpanzees in the colors of the teams, and that's and I don't remember the slogan with it, but. I guess it's irrelevant. It, it's one of the most tone-deaf marketing campaigns that I would ever have expected. I guess I would have expected that more from an MLS side, maybe. But it, it was one of those you had – when you saw it, you had to wait several hours to realize this wasn't a joke. I mean, at first I saw it, I'm like, all right, th- is this nutmeg Is this nutmeg news? Is this the onion? But it isn't. That's they the, legitimately – 
What's that? Nothing. Nothing is the onion anymore. It's all real. <laughs> and and that's the sad part. You looked at it and you're like, this can't be real, and it is. And I believe they're still they still haven't dropped the whole campaign yet. I, I, I honestly don't know if they're making fun of campaigns against racism, or if they're just that clueless. Like, well, I, I guess I would say the answer is six to one, half dozen to the other. To be honest, maybe, it's, maybe it's a coin flip. Legitimately, I mean. They seem like they're probably just that clueless, and I, you know, which is weird because I mean, Italy is so like um, progressive. Good about yeah, they're really uh, good on their their race relations ab- and progressive. About, no, yeah, about like you know being <laughs> being fair to people who like aren't what they determine to be Italian or you know, people from outside the country or um, players for their own team sometimes. I, it's it, it's it, I guess when it comes down to it, with the way we've kind of talked about Syria and their and the clubs within Syria and their inability or I don't want to say inability, just desire choice not to do anything about the racist factions within their clubs. I guess I shouldn't be really that surprised. I don't know, it, Pat. What do you? I, I, are you surprised by any of this? I uh, I guess you know. Nothing truly surprises me anymore, but yes, it was still pretty shocking to see chimpanzee faces on a anti-racism campaign in a country that often makes chimpanzee noises at black players. It seems so absurd that it can't be true, and yet it is, and it makes me wonder if it's one of those things where it's almost like a like a dog whistle or something. It's 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 you know it's it's not tone deaf. It's actually just a big middle finger to people pushing them in that direction like it's it's very it's being defiant and i you know it's crazy but it's and and if you're somebody and i mean if you're somebody like kaku or um i mean why would you want to stay yeah yeah i mean i i get it if you're ronaldo and they you know they'll advocate letting you be a rapist and that's okay but if you're somebody like i said like like Ram- Ramalu Lukaku, why would you stay for something like that when they're that, that dense? And I, I, I feel like the ultimate irony is in the sense of, especially when you come to their English language website, you look at Roma and the work they do for human. Roma's kind of the causes. outlier here. I was going to say, which uh, they're such an outlier in that sense. They do so much for humanitarian causes, missing people and so on and so forth. And then they've got to be subject to this level of, for lack of a better term, just bullshit. And uh, does this campaign ever make it fully to the light of day, or do you think they'll dump it? Oh, I I assume it's everywhere. Like I I said, like none of this ever, nothing ever surprises me anymore. I assume that we see it on, you know, the the light boards along the side of the the games. I, you know, I, I, there's probably going to be sound effects. Who knows? It's, it's just, what is it? it what what was what, what, what was the three champion chimpanzee? Hear no evil, see no evil. What was the last yeah. one? I I speak feel no like evil. I'm I, speak speak no evil. Evil. I thought that was what the intent was, and then I'm looking and going, no, it's not even something no, that just... stupid. No, it's just really that that bad. So, can we talk about the athletic sure. article super quick? <laughs> you know what? I was gonna move it to the I was gonna move it to the fire, but we, we can we maybe we'll push that off and and we'll get to that. But y- yeah, 
we need, I I feel like okay. we do need to talk. So because uh, we no we need we spent way too much time texting back and forth about this article. And Pat, I'm going to let you introduce it because the, the two of you guys seem to have way too much fun with all of this. So everybody knows the the Landon Donovan water fountain photo shoot <laughs> from 2002, but nobody really knew the backstory behind it. And so Pablo Maurer from the Athletic decided to. Not only did he find the actual water fountain, and he has a John Oliver moment at the end of the story where he has a brass plaque made and mounts it to the water fountain. Um, it's at the stadium where uh, North Carolina Courage play now, so people will see this. Um, but uh, well, that would be Wake Med Soccer Park, so yeah, exactly. Okay. But he um, he tracks down the photographer who shot it who is <laughs> very clearly a, a gay man. Uh, he makes no bones about that uh, Dutch guy. And Dutch hater. The, they went in, and this is, remember, this is 2002. Soccer players in the United States were still ru- routinely called the F word by... I was going to say uh, soccer players. fairies was the term. Yeah. Soccer fairies was a term I couldn't recall. I wasn't in that time fairy, frame, but yeah, I mean it was. You're more so, harsh than that, but yes. So like this article made me think of like like so the photographer basically was trying to make the players look as gay as possible. Um, with you know he he said that the picture of Brian McBride, he's like I wanted him <laughs> to look like yeah. he was holding a dick, and. Uh, Landon John Landon Donovan had you know blowjob eyes and and he he had he described them as cock sucking lips didn't he? yeah yeah and he was he, like and, yeah and, I and, can't I can't believe any photographer was saying this about um about people they were they were like someone they were shooting it's it, it's like borderline sexual harassment I mean he had a lot of this them long after the fact yeah. but it makes me think. He was sexually harassing them at the spot at the time. Now, granted, twenty years ago, well, probably to this day, depending on who you are, uh, photographers are sexually harassing uh, their models all the time. So uh, maybe well, that's to be if you, yeah, have of, if you have the name of Weinstein, yeah, it's possible. It's so he he's it was very clearly their intent, right? And Michael Cameron, it's funny because he said that was the last photo shoot he didn't personally supervise. He learned his lesson with that one, which I thought was hilarious. But because they didn't know it was, they thought it was just going to be a fashion shoot, right? So they get there, and you you sort of get. Pablo did a really great job writing the story and reporting it, but the way he wrote it, you sort of like, it gets crazier and crazier. And Keller, remember, wore like a black t-shirt and a pair of shorts and kind of looked kind of. I guess you could say, normal. Like I, I, you know, I, I. This is the thing that made me think of it because in 2002, I'm like, how would I have felt as a young player if this photographer was very clearly making me pose in a gay way? And then I'm like, well, what's wrong with any of that? Like, would it? There's the picture. There's a picture of Freddie Umberg I have from 2005 <laughs> on the back of a Sports Illustrated, posed kind of the same way, but because he looks like a Calvin Klein underwear model and not, you know, Clint Mathis, uh, he we don't think anything of it. So I'm thinking to myself, like, would I have been mad? Definitely at the time. I, I would I have walked out? 
well, Brad Friedel basically did because he was older at the time and he kind of sensed that something was going on that he wouldn't have liked. And I guess it gets crazier. Like he's got, there's outtakes and he didn't, he wouldn't publish the Friedel photo because Friedel was like adamant that he not, but there's like, like a bunch of shirtless spread Eagle sort of like boy toy type shots that he took of all these dudes. And I, I guess the photographer's idea was that he wanted to tear down this whole macho athlete thing, but I think he just wanted to make a bunch of guys look really gay. And it, it was fascinating. It was like, it was fascinating to me that like the, he was the photographer was this hell bent on it and this open about it. And some of the players were like, this is weird. Other ones kind of went along with it. Uh, the reaction afterward was uh, Tony Miola making fun of everybody in Korea they said it actually sort of like galvanized the group and you know they went on to have a great world cup but it made me think like first of all you know my my first feeling was oh my god i'd be so pissed if this happened to me and then i'm like well what's wrong with that right like it i guess there's nothing wrong with that but then i went back to the fact like no still i would be pissed i wouldn't want to look that way that's not the way i would want to present myself to the public and and this guy kind of just swooped in and did this to this guy these guys it, without them it, really consenting to it i was gonna say is it fair to say that the guy i was kind of ahead of his time because like you said this is 2002 right like it, it, that's what makes it even crazier was that it was it was all those you know years ago where it, it, being gay wasn't as accepted as it is now but still i go back to the fact that I wouldn't have wanted to look that way in a magazine shoot. And if I was a young, impressionable player, I might have just gone along with the shoot. And if I was, you know, I might have been, and they're all, a lot of them seem really pissed after the words, except for DeMarcus, who looked, you know, his was kind of a basic just laying down in the grass shot. But a lot of the guys were really upset. Donovan wouldn't even talk to Pablo for the piece. And um, some of the guys did, and they, they just weren't happy about it still. So it is... It's almost like this photographer to me, and I think your daughter agrees there, TJ. It's almost like this photographer to me kind of took advantage of these guys to kind of push his agenda. Now, I don't totally disagree with his agenda, like tearing down that whole idea of of gay being weak and feminine is a good thing. But I wouldn't have wanted to look like some kind of like Pablo looks or, you know, I, I wouldn't want to look like that in a magazine. So I thought it was a really that's why the article was great. It's because everybody's made fun of that that photo shoot before, especially the water fountain uh, the water fountain photo and it's there's like so many more thoughts that went into it and, and Pablo did a good job covering all those angles and just the, the quotes the quotes from the photographer remind me of the guy in the fire documentary, the fire festival documentary who had to suck dick to get the water. <laughs> they wanted him to yeah that that moment where you hear that quote and you're like jesus christ like the quotes in that in that article are probably worth the price of the athletic for the year they're so good it's it's amazing so and, and i and it, it? it realistically and realistically that when i think of somebody who would write this pablo mauer is the one i would have thought of and the, and you're right and reading it it's an amazing piece i i know i don't know if pat does it justice but yeah it is worth the it I will say straight out that alone almost is worth the price of the athletic. Just that level of detail and finding 
that kind of a story about something that has been mocked for years. The quote that he has from Bruce Arena when Bruce found out he wanted to talk about it was, you want to talk about a fucking 17-year-old photo shoot? Or something along those lines. And, and like, you hear that, and you're like, yeah, you know. But it's one of those things where if it's reported correctly and you uncover new details, it can be really interesting, especially with 17 years of, of you know, hindsight, knowledge to look back on that. Like, it, it's, I'm way more open now than I was in 2002 about those sorts of things. And yet still, I wouldn't want, I would have felt, screwed over by that photographer now if he was open with me that's a different story but he wasn't open with them i but when i just wonder what they were thinking you know it seems like there'd be at least reluctance from a lot of them but you know maybe some of the guys are into it i don't know i guess the weird it's an thing amazing is amazing piece though i i think the, i think the <laughs> the way the, the thing you mentioned earlier was kind of the weird thing was or not a weird i don't know if weird's the right word but that he wanted to break down all these stereotypes of athletes. And it was the cluelessness of how soccer was perceived in America at that time. Realistically. There's that. Yes. It's soccer specifically in America being like for a Dutch guy for maybe they were, you know, heroes. Like they were the, the most masculine athletes in, in the Netherlands. But for, uh, for a lot of Americans, soccer you'll still run into this sometimes is the wimp sport because you know they're they're mouth breathing idiots and they all have cte but um (laughs) but yeah it's there's that and then there's like the naivete of the players going into like this oh this is guys gonna take our picture for the for the magazine before the world cup we're going to the world cup this is exciting and suddenly you've got these images that like last forever of and then the the photographer's quotes the photographer's quotes make the piece like it's like he does not hide the fact that this is what he was going for so it go read it if you can it's good and and this took a lot longer than i thought it was going to so we i wanted to get into the chicago fire hired or technical director tonight but we'll summarize it that we could do it in one minute i i guess we can (laughs) um was it George Heights is the guy's name? He came yeah, from FC Basel. Yeah. Um, and they're basically outlining the power structure within the Chicago Fire to be, he reports directly to Joe Mansueto, as does uh, Nelson Rodriguez, but Nelson no longer, Nelson is now the business side, and uh, George Heights is going to be on the on the technical side, and that's going to be the beginning and end of it, which is pretty much the same uh, way that that the Cubs are set up with Kenny Crane and right. uh, Theo Epstein. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with this. I think this is a great hire. This is a guy who knows how to find players. Um, and maybe it doesn't work for anything this year because it's so late in the game. But I'm guessing he probably has a list of players he would want anyway. And I think this is a great hire for long term. It gets Nelson back where Nelson's strong as basically a cap guy, business guy, and it gets an actual soccer mind doing the soccer job. And I think that's I, overall, it's a good move. Any any objections or questions on that one, or do we no, want to move on to? I'm excited to give him a chance, and I will say that now being December 18th as we record this, a hundred days until this, less than that until the season starts, uh, they better get rolling here get a head coach in and get some players in. And I know that um, it was probably a good idea to wait until they had their technical director in place to do that. 
And now it is time to do that without wasting much time. I also would argue that maybe they didn't need to be completely blown up. And they had, you know, the second highest expected goals in the league next to LAFC last year. And maybe they just were poor at finishing. And maybe it was a team that could have been tweaked and not completely blown up. But that's a different story. They've been blown up. So we'll see what this guy can do now. Yeah, and the only other thing I found with the fire this week, and we can touch on this more in the new year because I'm sure it'll be out there still. Basically, Mansueto shot down every negative connotation with uh, um, the new logo. It's like he basically said this is going to take time, and if you don't like it, get over it. It's not basically his implication is it's not going anywhere. Get over the, it. The so. billboards and stuff they're doing are very cool. I just it, I it's I, and I don't think I don't think you know what this is a guy who's a billionaire. Or close to it he knows a bit a thing or two about business he knows a thing or two about i don't know if he knows the darn thing about marketing but i he knows a thing or two about business and if he says he thinks this is going to work I, I i trust his judgment in that you know what and i guess i'm I, we did the podcast what a few weeks ago where i thought this was absolutely a train wreck and now i'm not as against as i was i don't like i said i still don't i think they could have done a lot better I'm not against it anymore. As as against it, so it made part. I just think they could have done better. That's all. They could have done no, better. I I, th- I think the reaction to it and the negativity with it. I'm getting tired of the negativity, and that's probably why I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to embrace it because everybody else is. Everybody else hates it. You kind of have to. I mean, you don't have to love it, but you kind of have to just accept it and move on at this point. All right. So and... you said you said before we went live, we were going to try and do this in 20 minutes. We're at 46 minutes, so <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. You know what? Maybe at this point, so it's a forty-seven, so it's forty-six and a half minutes. So those who are just tuning in now, as I post at forty-six and a half minutes, if you want to get to the best of the decade, here we go on the best of the decade part of the show, and I'll probably drop in one of the sound drops, the mini Van Dad sound drops into there. Mini Van Dad, Mini Van Dad, Mini Van Dad, Soccer Pod with TJ. The best of the decade. Where do you best of the decade. <laughs> you guys want to start with... You guys tell me where you want to start. Do we want to do the teams first? Why and then we'll move on to the players? Yeah, you're going to ask us some questions, CJ, and we'll we'll tell you our thoughts, and you can tell us what the people voted on Twitter. All right. Let's, well, you know what? We're going to start with... One, and, and I started 20 minutes when we got away into the article, and it still took that long. So, There's that all said... That you post, but I'll bring that up later. You, you say what again? There's one question I believe that I want to do that you didn't post on Twitter, so we will do that one later. We can do, it. We can do a follow up. We can do a follow up. Keep it for a couple of weeks, and then we can hit it when we get back from the holidays. Um, I want to start with the teams because I think the teams are a little bit easier and a little bit more clear cut. Um, we're going to start with the best team of the decade, and we're going to start in Europe. I, I chose the three I chose for this question were Bayern, Madrid, and Barcelona, and. If you guys have something you, you, that you think is a different, no, those are the three, for sure. Yeah, and and I would give it to Real Madrid. Any reason, or I mean, the three Champions Leagues wins in a row. I think that was pretty much what did it for me. Okay, uh, and I I can't argue I, when the, when when you win you're up a third of the decade. I and I guess theoretically you become the club championship if you win Europe. I mean, you could argue that the 2013 Bayern team won uh, the treble and then went on to win the World Cup the next year. Um, so they were pretty amazing, but they only won the one. And 
Barcelona's last Champions League victory was 2015, but um, they did well for themselves too. Chelsea had the one in the decade, but I think for me, the if you're judging it on Champions League victories, Champions League uh, championships, I think that it's Real Madrid. And I'm gonna and I'll, I'm gonna defend Barcelona in the sense of they didn't win Europe, but they won the league. Almost. Oh, I like them better. I like Barcelona better. I wish I was voting for them, but I just feel like it's it's we have to give it to Madrid. Chris, you've been quiet here. I, I, Chris, I suppose, you've been quiet for way too long. So, uh, you know, I suppose it probably is fair to go Madrid because of um, the number of times they won won Champions League uh, um, over the last decade. Wow! It, how did people vote? TJ, tell us how the people voted. We didn't I don't have like a, because it. I because I I did add these late, and I that's my my fault more than anything because, well, life gets in the way sometimes. Um, nobody voted for Barcelona. Uh, the seventy five percent said Madrid, and twenty five percent said Bayern. All right. And I I disagree, and I would have picked Barcelona. You've won the league what one, two, three, four, five, six times. You won. The domestic cup, one, two, three, four, five times in in that time. Supercopa, five times in that in that in the decade. You have the you have which we'll come to later. The greatest player, and you did win Europe in that time. Um, I was. I leaning... guess the question becomes: Is is it because do you almost feel like because they won the league that many times? Barcelona was almost a disappointment, kind of like. And I'm gonna again, as I always like to use other sports, like kind of like the Packers in the Aaron Rodgers era. The fact that they've only won one Super Bowl, you feel like it's a bit of a disappointment. I don't know about disappointment, but yeah, I think you would have maybe expected more. And that's that's the only reason I think that if you're if you're giving the if we're saying that the the most important trophy to win is the Champions League, um, I think that that's. But is it? I mean, I—that's I, kind is of to me. Uh, I mean, I, I would say it, it's it's the World Cup trophy, but um, certainly for for I, club clubs. for club yeah. football and for quality of play, yeah, it's 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 the Champions League. Um, it, you know, I I, I was kind of leaning towards Barcelona originally, but um, it, it, part of it, like I, I had thought about, you know, the the three years in a row for Madrid. But realistically, the third one they won kind of because Barcelona had so destroyed them in the league that that was all they focused yeah. on doing. That said, <clears throat> while Barcelona finished the decade, I, I think, better, and, and, and I might be willing to give, um, to give them the lead even over one or two of the years in which Madrid won Champions League, Madrid kind of started the the decade stronger, so I think front to back they have a, a stronger in the case. league. But I mean, it, Barcelona won the twenty eleven uh, Champions League. Uh, well, I I, 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 I don't mean like I just mean like the kind of their first five years of of the decade. I, I don't necessarily mean like the first year or two. I mean like in the first half of the decade they. Um, they, I think, had more consistency kind of throughout the decade. I guess is what I'm saying. Than than uh, so. Than Barcelona. So you guys, you guys are both. I mean, we we've kind of focused on by um, 
Madrid and Barcelona. That said, my players so this decade, I think, are both going to come from Barcelona. So. Well, they are, and um, I would I wouldn't doubt that from you. It, but the fact that what about Bayern? Seven domestic when when the German league, the Bundesliga, seven times. They won and they won Europe, and they were. I, I mean, how how did they, how do they not play into this, or do what do? You, or is it just because Madrid won Europe three times? That's well, why Madrid well, they play in. Not. Like I, I think there's in the last ten years, there's been three teams that are are clearly above everybody else, clearly above the English teams, and it, it, it's the two Spanish teams and, and Bayern Munich. So I, I think they're they're right there in the conversation. But if we're just going on, I, you know, Champions League success, Bayern won it once. I think. Barcelona won it twice in the decade and, and Real Madrid won it four times. So it's hard to argue with that. It's they're one, two and three though, in, in some order. I sure think you might, you might also note that the two best players in the world, at least at, at the time uh, played for the other two of those three teams. That's correct. I, and I we'll, certainly uh, think that's part of why, you know, <laughs> two, but why Barcelona and, and, and uh, Real Madrid are, um, one and two. Well, it, two but, and one, I guess, in the, the way that. Could you make an argument that Pep going to Bayern, you know, the best coach left went from Barcelona to to Bayern in that time. So, although he never won Europe with Bayern, did he? Or did he? No. No. So I I, I guess I, I I'm gonna keep coming back. I'm gonna pick Barcelona over both of them, and I, part of it is I I can't take Real Madrid because they had a rapist and in that you know um, an admitted rapist I guess might be the answer and I know this won't make me any fans of anybody but sorry you, you, you know and although they, although they did survive they did survive Jose Mourinho and get better on the backside of it so there there's something to be said for that you know what you like the Packers though still true I don't and they didn't had any teenage girls in any hot tubs so it I forgot. I completely forgot about Mark Chimura. I was going to go back to the Mossy Cade, and he was actually thrown in jail after for rape while he was with the Packers. So, and I love I back Tyson's the... punch out. And he's a convict. I love Mike Tyson's punch out, and he's a convicted rapist. So, the rapists are all around us. We don't have to like them. Yeah, it, it, true. And I don't but, hold it against a whole team. Yeah, it, it it just wasn't a reason. Another reason not to like Madrid, and that was just a team. That I was never big on. So if we're going to go away from those three, who else would you include in this argument? Uh, teams-wise, I think yeah, Chelsea. Well, they won Unfortunately, once. yeah, it's probably Chelsea. I think, it's, um, I think they won it once. They made the other final. They, they, uh, they won a yeah. Europa League. They won several Premier Leagues. I think Chelsea would be my number four pick, probably. And that's kind Yeah, of- I mean, PSG got good too late. Uh, or at least got yeah, uh, got like high level good. Um, what about- Juventus? I don't think had enough consistency. Part of that being because of their um, of, they're cheating. Of, they're cheating. I assume they're Syria, cheating. Uh, uh, rigging. Um, AC Milan hasn't. I, I guess you could say neither of the Milan teams have been that great. Uh, um, Inter won it in 2010. So that's. So we have to give them credit for that. They have, but but neither team's been good in, in a number of years now. Um, again, part of that due to um, the results of their cheating scandals. Sure, I, I'm, and I guess 
um, in that sense, yeah, there really isn't a whole lot beyond those three that we could really go with. What about Atletico Madrid making, what do they make, two finals in a row? They won the league a couple of times. Yeah, they're uh, they're certainly in the top ten. So, I mean, there's that. Um, and and when I when I set this question... Sometimes I it really... may be good, sometimes it may be shit. <laughs> when I set the question, I specifically decided to go with... Um, and keeping in European base because I, to me, as we're going to transition to the best to the other side of the pond, and the way I'm going to do this is, to me, the best team over the course of this decade would have been the U.S. Women's National Team. You win two World Cups and a gold medal, that I think would would have would have trumped everything, in my opinion. And because this is my show, then screw you guys. That's the way I think. So, um, we're going to move it over to the other side of the pond and. Again, that's why when I for- framed the question of the best team, I kept it limited. I limited it to MLS because, frankly, if we're not going to if we're going to say on the continent, it would have been probably America from you know from Liga MX, and that would have been it. But we're, we kept it to MLS. So, what do you guys uh, think I, of that way? Why don't you tell the the people uh, our three finalists? Our three finalists were Toronto FC. Which is kind of ironic because I think going into the decade they were pretty much crap. The Seattle Sounders yeah. and the LA Galaxy. Yeah, this is a toss-up for me between the Sounders and the Galaxy, and uh, it, it, it is, and and it's because you kind of give it like the first five years of exactly. the Galaxy and the last five are the, the Sounders, and how do you how do you rate one over the other? I guess I guess for me I would have said the Sounders, and the simple reason is. How many playoff appearances did the Sounders have over the course of that time? And how many Open Cups did they win in that time versus the Galaxy? Why don't you tell us, TJ? I believe the Sounders, are, are they have five Open Cups now. So I and, I and I'm looking it up. So you guys you guys just chat amongst yourselves. But. Yeah, it's, it's, for me, I give the slight edge to the Sounders. And I think there's a bit of uh, recency, recency bias. bias. Exactly. In that, because everybody remembers the dominance of the Landy Cakes. Galaxy teams, Robbie Keane, um, those dudes in Bruce at the coaching house. Yep. Cashley. Um, oh, yeah. they, were, uh, they were quite good in the early part of the decade. So what do we call this decade, by the way? Is this the teens? 2010? I don't know. I've never used it. The like fucked the last up generate the fucked you know up sucks? generation. The fucked up like, decade. Last couple decades, we haven't really used it. Like the, the aughts or the noughties. That's I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> that really never really caught on. And we called the nineteen teens the teens, but we didn't really call this. Are we? Is the next decade going to be the twenties again? Is this I guess. the shits? And then next. Okay, so next decade is uh, I don't. This is so welcome to hell, and that's fully hell. All right. That's, I'm not all sure. right. So so optimistic. To bring us back on, wow. on, to bring us back on the correct path, over the course of the 2010s, I guess we'll call it for that, for lack of a better term, the, the Sounders have two MLS Cups. They've got one Supporter Shield. Uh, they've been, they've won four Open Cup or three Open Cups in the 2010s, 2010, 2011, 2014. Um, looks like three finals that they, uh, three Western Conference finals, so three MLS Cups, and then they like said obviously being a Supporter Shield, so. And they have one fair play award in there, so on that alone, we're going to give <laughs> we're going to give the edge to you know the what. Seattle. I would also say that they were kind of the first team to have giant crowds 
and we've seen it since with Atlanta and you know Portland's always had fantastic home support but in a smaller stadium but some of the crowds that we saw in Seattle uh I think excited kind of surprised a lot of people and I would I would put that as part of why I would say they would be my MLS team of the decade well that said they do have Ramon Torres playing for them did he rape any Roman Torres I, I can never remember if it's it's Roman Torres um, no, but he, he's just a douche. He like he's in my collection of players who it's like you have no redeeming value. I'd be fine if I believe Harry Ship is still there. Harry Ship is still there. Uh, oh, by the way, the over the course of the 2010s for this, because I think that's what we're going to go with for tonight for argument's sake. They made the playoffs every year. Yeah, LA Galaxy did not do that. So if you need a tiebreaker, to me that's a that's a pretty good tiebreaker. Yeah, if you're going for Sounders. team of the decade. So, good job, Seattle. You, we, we are we sending them a minivan, like a gold minivan <laughs> statuette? No, we have T-shirts though. We do. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you have only a few days left to order your very own minivan dad T-shirt. Bonfire.com/slash/minivandad is where you can find them. They are soft, ring-spun cotton, available in five different colors and many different sizes. Minivan dad. Soccer t-shirt, get them while they're hot. All right. And on that note, all right, let's go. <laughs> Was there a question you wanted to put in there or? You know what I want to do real quick? Sure. Uh, real quick. What is the best U.S. shirt of the decade? Oh, come on. There's only one. I think there's, <clears throat> I think there's some other good choices, but yes, I would give it to the one. All right, Chris, what's the one to you? It's the Waldo. 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 Okay. The Waldo Centennial was fantastic. The Bomb Pop was cool. They kind of got progressively worse after that. The 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 Waldo, the hoops, whatever. I'm I'm well on record as, as having noted that should be the permanent US yes. standard. And I will stand by that statement. I the Waldo and the Centennial were back to back. They were. It's like we, they, like Nike was like on fire then and it's been such and then what the hell happened i don't know the 2018 world cup shirts that uh we didn't get to wear in the 2018 world cup were actually okay the united air or the american airlines one and then the blue version of that but um but yeah it, it was lots of good when i was when i was coming up with thoughts on this whole decade it whether it was the shirts or the players or the moments I had a lot more fun at the beginning of the decade than I did at the end. Well, and, and, that, and that's 100% spot on. And we're, when we're talking about jerseys, is and anybody who's gone through the U.S. soccer coaching online courses gets reminded of those black and hideous white and powder blue when they became a Nike, when they officially became a Nike template. And those are, to this day, they're still hard to look at. Those were Chris has, yeah. one. has the black one with the red sleeve and the blue sleeve, and John Brooks, I believe. I, I do, I, um, but that is partially well. That that's really in honor of that uh, Copa America game that we were yes. um, at in in uh, Philadelphia, where he played the single best um, uh, defensive game I've ever seen a U.S. player have. Or play, I, I guess would have been. And I I will say I I too do have that black jersey with the multicolored with one blue one red sleeve, but I think it's because I got it for less than thirty bucks when it was all said and done. So. You have, have 60, you, yours has nipple 69 on the back door, I believe, right? 
Uh, you're probably right about that, but um, but t- but Pat, you, as somebody who's gone through those coaching classes, to see those white white shirts with the powder blue sleeves again, it's almost painful, isn't it, to look at those again? Yeah, those were I and I own one of those. I think I got it on a raw steel. I like have wanted to get a long sleeve in that um, as a Pulisic because uh, that's what he wore in his first game. Uh, which I attended in Columbus in God, what was that? Twenty sixteen. Yeah, Those looked better at the Azteca when we wore blue shorts. For some reason, at least on TV, that jersey looked better with blue shorts at the Azteca. And maybe it was just Michael Bradley's goal. Ooh, there's a tease for later. Uh, <laughs> you know what? But that was that was unfortunately was not one of the questions I put out to the. The proletariat in that sense it, it was because well i somebody had like a, a, a complete 64 like best moment of the decade for u.s soccer and i can't remember which pod was doing it i just felt like they had it covered a lot better i don't than know we were it's not the minivan dad pod though i'll tell you that and there is no it's not acceptable there's only one acceptable answer for best moment of the decade uh as far as U.S. soccer on the men's side goes, although beating Mexico in 2013 was quite fun, but um, <coughs> but it's Landy and Algeria. That's the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's there's no arguing it. No, that's... I guess to me the follow the the next best moment was Lance Armstrong nearly destroying himself <laughs> at Crew Stadium, which kind of summed up how U.S. soccer has been since then. Maybe that was just the, the great prognostication out of all of that. Um. And for those who don't, who didn't follow U.S. Fan TV, when U.S. Fan TV went on the road to Columbus for the U.S. Mexico disaster, when the the winning streak at Crew Stadium ended, we were sitting in front of a guy or behind a guy wearing a Lance Armstrong U.S. Cycling jersey, and I think it was the first or second minute of the game he was already throwing up his guts, and by halftime was pretty much passed out drunk. So. Um, that might have been a great prognostication of where U.S. soccer was on its way from that point. I would say it was more in 2013 when Chris and I saw a guy's head explode at that same stadium. But um, that was we've told that story many times. You go to YouTube, you look that one up. It's a good story. It is a good story. And um, And we want to meet the guy, by the way, if you are the guy uh, who had your trying to look into it, we, we want we really want to interview you. We have for many years. We want to meet you and interview you. I want to see the scar. If your head exploded on the back <laughs> of a bleacher at Crew Stadium in the corner in 2013, reach out to us. And we can be found at US Fan TV or at Minivan Dad. Yeah, well, Minivan Dad Pod and just go. I will yeah. travel for this interview if I have to. I will. I just. I need to meet you. So if you know the guy whose head exploded on the back of a bleacher, if you're one of the friends who wanted to stay and watch the game. <laughs> While your friend was dying, uh, we want to talk to you, too. So uh, please reach out to us. I've right. tried to look it up through uh, American Outlaws, and no one seems to know. All right. so They're just covering it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're covering that up. Well, that's before they started charging $100 Somebody to just said, get into the section. So Somebody said the wrong thing. All right. Seeing we've kind of been on a U.S. US soccer kick, we're going to start. We're going to go through the best. Best of the decade from the U.S. men's national team. Seeing we were talking, we've talked Claire? a little bit about. Well, we're going to start. Yeah, we'll go to that one. We'll go to that one first. So the three that the three that we put in there, or I put in there, because well, you guys just didn't get a choice because you guys are lazy. Um, were Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley, and Tim Howard. 
And of the, and the results were Clint Dempsey won with 53%. So you're saying we're we're saying no uh Landon Donovan because he was basically done in 2014. You know what? I had three spots and and we're saying no Christian Pulisic because he came on at the end of the decade. Is that kind of our and, and that's my feeling about Pulisic. Like I had I had three spots. Who would you have replaced would you replace Bradley, who was the captain most of the time? No, I'm, I'm not saying player. you got it wrong. I'm just saying I'm oh. just giving our, our rationale for why those were the three. Because the two best players were Landon Donovan and Christian Pulisic. But they came at the beginning. One left at the beginning of the decade, and the other came at the end of the See, decade. So I, I would say Bradley had more years as a best player than Pulisic has had at this point. And the one who won the poll from... Fans, this is actually the most voted. Oh, it's going to be Dempsey because, it's, of course, it has to be Dempsey. Dempsey at 53%, Tim Howard at 31%, Michael Bradley at 8%, and then the others were at 8%. Because no, nobody gives Bradley any respect for anything, and, and no one has since probably, I don't know, May of, uh, or, or maybe early June of 2014. But does, for the does first Michael... four years of... of of the decade, Bradley was our national team. Like Donovan was amazing in 2010, but part of what gave him the freedom to do that was Bradley was carrying that team. He was the heart of that team. He was driving that team. He let then Donovan shine, which in turn also made uh, Dempsey more likely to score. Uh, It goes back to my old statement about how uh, when Bradley played well, we didn't lose when, uh, when Dempsey played well, we scored, and when Bradley played, excuse me, when when uh, Donovan played well, we won. But is any which of is that why, possible? Which is why I'll, I'll always put it as uh, Donovan is still the the greatest player uh, uh, to have played for the U.S. at this point. Uh, but is any but is any of that possible? Anyway, without Tim Howard on the other on the on the keeping everything out of the net. Yes, aside from maybe the uh, 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 Belgium game uh, in. Um, uh, in 2014, he had a, a great number of years. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to slight him in any way, uh, but by the, uh, I don't know, 2016 or so, I was ready to move on to um, uh, Brad Friedel. Uh, thank you. I'm like, uh, uh, not, not Friedel. Um, not Brad Friedel, the other bald. Fuck you, mate. I was <laughs> the end of my career then, mate. We'll go to the other. Who is the other bald? Brad Guzan. Brad Guzan. I was, I was like, <laughs> I was, uh, I was stuck on Brad, and uh, when you said yep. Friedel, I just went with it. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I was ready to move to Guzan, like for sure after the the 2014 World Cup, um, probably 2015 or 2016, even um, because I kind of felt like at that point you're you were reaching the end of Howard's career. Uh, he was starting to show some signs of age, and he was a shot stopper. Why not move to kind of a, a, an, a, a you know, more well-rounded keeper? Do you, um, feel, you feel like um, in the sense I, U.S. soccer kind of screwed the pooch in the goaltending sense of Tim Howard Tim Howard is to Brad to Casey Keller to what Brad Guzan is to Brad Friedel? Maybe. Um, I, I, I mean, I, and, I, and maybe I guess the argument loses I, a little bit. I, no, no, I, 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 I won't say maybe. I'll say no because 
Howard, I think, is better than Keller in terms of like the 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 best they were. I think Howard's peak was higher than Keller's. Friedel will still remain as the best goalkeeper I think the U.S. has ever had. He had to uh, defend the net for Tottenham Hotspur. You got to get <laughs> up there. Uh, do you guys know the uh, song "How Bizarre" by the uh, New Zealand band OMC? No, why don't you why don't you sing it? How does it go? Uh, you know it. Came out in 1986. Gonna... It was how bizarre, how bizarre. Who sang that song? OMC. I think you should let them keep singing it. Please do, yes. Every time I hear uh, the name Brad Guzan, it makes me think of that song. I want to sing his his name to that song instead of how bizarre. Brad Guzan, Brad Guzan. Why? <laughs> That's not honest. <laughs> you know, the thing you've said today. Um, when that's it's honest, out, but it's bad. Keller was. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. City. The people don't come to this show for your soccer hot takes and your anger. <laughs> I think they come on here for Chris's conspiracies. But... They, they come here for this stuff. Boom. The truth. There's truth in that. That's. But yet we're going the wrong way on this one. So, Chris, let's sum up what you're kind of thinking here. And really, I'm going to regret saying this. Uh, we're on we're on player of the decade now, right? Yes. It's US, Clint US Dempsey. I think you have to give it to Dempsey because he had um, more years of success. I mean, you pr- pretty much put it about eight years of success in, in the decade there. Um, if not for kind of the, the drop-off uh, in the, the last half of the decade i probably would still go bradley he certainly he would be my my choice for the first half of the decade um i just think that he kind of had a drop off in the the last half that um if anything i think dempsey finished stronger than he started it and when you put in that he was also playing well enough at the beginning um i think he wins it people well, forget he had that heart problem too like correct he play and for that, a while yeah and came back yeah and that was kind of where I was it's to say where he fell off with the national team was kind of after that heart problem where Bradley kept and still is going. I guess for me, Chris, I think you were right in explaining that the reason why they were good with uh, with when they got Landon Donovan's goal what, and it was 2010 was Michael Bradley was covering so much ground at that point. He allowed some of those players. I would have picked Michael Bradley, probably Tim Howard, but Man, if like if you were gonna beat the U.S. team, you had to stop Dempsey first. So I guess here's the the only other name that came up in any of the in the follow-on tweets that came up that we didn't discuss at all was Demarcus Kyle Beasley. Beckerman. Now Kyle See, Beckerman. If, Ooh, DMB. It, I, I I thought about Demarcus for a minute the other day when we were discussing this. Yeah, he um, might get the next I, decade though. To be fair, so. <laughs> True. My my only concern or my, my only reason for, for not doing it is he was never like the chief player. You know, he, he was never the chief goal scorer, never the chief uh, midfielder, never the, the chief defensive player. What you know, what, what whatever <laughs> I, to some extent you, you can almost say any position of the field because he's played them. But um, he was never like yeah. But that the, but going off but Chris going off that logic. Then we'd have to bring Jermaine Jones in the argument because he played every position in one game. <laughs> I, I just mean that 
you know, DeMarcus, like, always had somebody else there who was, um, I don't know, the, the, the star kind of above him. It, it's Fair it's enough. The, one, the one thing I think that, that keeps him out of that, that argument. Because otherwise, he's right alongside all those guys. He was with all those guys. But he wasn't, you know, you, you look at the, the 2010 World Cup. Um, are you going to put him up above, say, uh, Donovan, Dempsey, Bradley, or you could even say Howard, uh, you know, 2014, would you put him above, um, Dempsey, Howard and Bradley, right? Basically. Yeah. Where was Uh, Donovan? Where was Donovan? Oh, never mind. (laughs) Um, what happened in 28? Oh, never mind. Well, uh, you know, even if you wanted to count now, now he's behind Pulisic, you know, even if he was like still playing and, and at that level, um, you know, there's always just been somebody else who sure who sort of uh, pipped him for that, that top, top role or top, top level. So do we agree with the consensus that it was Clint Dempsey overall? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I okay. agree with it. All right. Fair enough. I, I said I still would have probably picked Michael Bradley only because he's still has you can't. It's your show. Pick him. It is mine, but I'm gonna if if the crap you know I, if, look. I mean, I, I think everyone knows I have uh, put a soft spot for Michael Bradley. Um, if he had continued his say like upward trajectory for well, first half of 2014. Um, uh, uh, importance or whatever for another like two years even i probably would have gone him um you know i i think he unfairly gets blamed for a lot of what happened in in brazil um because of the way that the team kind of fell apart because there, there was no backup plan after josie got hurt so it just became well deuce can score and then bradley does all the work everywhere else you know uh it was his his numbers were still really good. I think the team just wasn't set up to let him shine in the sense. I think it was set up to make him then have to cover, like, fix every leaking pipe. Well, the, and, and it's kind of back to back to the premise we we had we've talked about. I mean, Jermaine Jones had I thought one really, if I recall correctly, in 2014, he had one really good game in the World Cup. But Jermaine Jones yeah. was part of the problem is Bradley had to cover a, a lot more ground because you never knew where Jermaine was going to show mm-hmm. up, what position he was playing at the time. And that was one of the issues I think that they faced like Jermaine Jones went walkabout, but he wasn't really good enough that when he went walkabout, you had to account for him. If you were the other side, you're just like, Oh, there's now another hole in the midfield that we can exploit. So, and that was kind of the problem for Michael Bradley there. And, and I don't think after that, Although they, they what they they made it out of the out of the group stage, I don't know you know how much more was expected from from that World Cup. But anyway, we're moving. I on. think more was expected um, from from maybe like U.S. fans. The the rest of the world didn't expect us to even get out of that group. So no, nobody. And then playing Belgium, the fact that that was a theoretically a winnable game because <laughs> to they, think they had to the think chance we were, we were one wando away from basically yeah if you'd only yeah. had that extra w on his shirt to this day 
And speaking of W, we're going to move on to the U.S. Women's National Team and Player of the Decade. The, the three I chose for that were Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, Abby Wambach. I think in our conversation, the only other yeah, the only other one we thought about including would have been Hope Solo. Um, no, because I, I just Morgan? Alex Morgan and Julie Ertz both played a big role in both World Cups, and Alex Morgan was a big part of the gold medal team. So. I think you could you could make an argument for other players besides the ones that you mentioned there. All right. So who would you have removed from the from the survey? Who did you put on there? Rapino, Carly Lloyd, and Abby Wambach. They're both. They're all very good. Honestly, I, I might I might sacrifice Rapino. Um, but I, yeah, I, how do you, as, how do you, as I said as I said a week ago, I think she tends to get uh, more recognition kind of for her um her outspoken commentary than she does perhaps for for her play on the field um i do think there are like i i think alex morgan is a solid choice maybe even my choice for for the decade the only player i i probably would go and say I don't know that I can argue well enough to uh, to beat anyone who would say this would be Carly Lloyd. Okay. The only knock on Carly Lloyd, the literally the only knock on her is that she didn't play a lot in the last in the last one. Yeah, but from 2010 on, I mean, she she won a World Player of the Year in there. I- it's it's I would probably give it to Carly Lloyd honestly for the whole decade. But I think Alex is is right there, and. Uh, Julie Ertz over the last two World Cups has been right there too. So, but I, I actually Carly. think the women's team is somewhat harder because so much of of the team that like just won has been a part of the team for for a broad part of the of the decade. So you know, on, on the men's side, I felt like it's down to like two or three players realistically who right. have been around long enough and have been consistent enough across the time. The women's team. They all, many of them have been around for for most of the decade, and they made they've been, three they've been World consistently Cup finals. Good, basically, yeah. what? They made three World Cup finals. <laughs> yeah, in one yeah, day. yeah. Think about it. So, well, I'll say Carly though. Yeah, and Carl and those that did chime in did choose Carly Lloyd. Um, but fifty-three percent. Like, you can't go wrong with some of the other choices. Like it's not it, they're. I might have gone Hope Solo if she could have shut her mouth. You know what? You know who? Like else honestly, Solo is the ruined her own. She ruined her own spot on the team because she couldn't shut up. Guys, yeah, actually, and, and, and and the minivan. But this like is the minivan dad pod, we have to go Hope Solo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the minivan dad pod, not minivan theft pod. <laughs> True. Maybe we. Maybe that's. Is she against minivans then? Or is she pro minivan? I don't know. Was it a minivan or was it a was it like a fourteen like the fifteen passenger minivan, van? Right. I, 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 was, I thought it was a fifteen passenger van. So like a church van, like the ones that <laughs> yeah, you pretty like, much yeah conversion van. No, she, the three rows crashed. of seats. She would have crashed a church van. Welcome to van talk. She wasn't driving it. On a minivan, dad, <laughs> soccer pod. That was the problem. She was driving it. Her husband or her boyfriend at the time driving it? Who was driving it? Was her yeah. husband. I think he was. Imagine yeah. being screamed at. I bet you she screams <laughs> at you when you're driving. <laughs> Especially drunk Hope Solo. 
I bet you it's vicious. But at this point, I suppose we do have to congratulate her being, was she pregnant with twins now? Mm-hmm. And they're not. Yes. So there's that. So the one we didn't really talk a whole lot about was Abby Wambach in this, and who finished second in our in our uh, polling. And was there anybody better, really, the first half? And, and I think it's part of it is we're so close, you know, at the end of the decade, you kind of forget what happened a lot in the first half. Was there anybody better in the world really no, than Abby Wambach in the first she, half of the decade? Phenomenal. Yeah, it... it do, do we pick Carly Lloyd because she was because Carly Lloyd was important really up until my, this year? Abby most of the decade. My thing about Abby Wambach is in fifteen and wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. End she, of her career. She was gone world. for half the decade. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of the Landon Donovan problem. Yeah. Sure. Because otherwise, yeah, yeah I, I don't know how you can I don't know how you can kind of vote against her. Um, plus, right, I don't know. So I do like we want? Her. She's cool. All right, so just like personally, I think she's cool. <laughs> Abby Wambach, you're talking about here? Yeah, like okay. her comment about like dudes just want to hang out with me and drink bourbon. I was like, I would totally do that. That would be awesome. As I say, drinking bourbon. But see, what was the one where uh, was it the 2007 World Cup? What with the women's World Cup where? She was the one that pretty much destroyed, like, they're the ones that kicked, she was one of the ringleaders that kicked Holtz, Hope Soul off the team. They brought in Brianna Scurry, and they got smoked by Marta in Brazil. Or was that 2011? I, I, I don't recall. Up my oh, my facts with that, so I don't want to, I, I know that. Yeah, that, that, that gets Carly too writes long about for me to, to, to know um, and say, uh, yeah, that's when that was. Right. Carly wrote about it in the book. There was like an uprising and, and she was, she has always been in hope's corner and lots of other players were not. I think I remember Abby Wambach being involved in that, but I'm not positive. Abby Wambach was, if I recall correctly, was one of the vocal outspoken ones that kind of ran her off that team. Um, it's weird. Cause I mean, it's, she's not really known for speaking out. No. And it was, um, it was the 2000 <laughs> and it was the 2007 world's cup. So it is before this decade, but that was kind of that that finished that one. So um, from that point, we're going to go on to seeing we talked about the 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 U.S. women, which when I when I was phrasing these questions, I had trouble because I was like, who would be the best female player of the decade? And then I started thinking about me. To me, it probably would have been the same three I would have chosen for the U.S. women's national team, maybe replacing Pino with Marta. And the other two, the other two I chose for this were, were for non-U.S. female, non-U.S. female were Christine Sinclair and Sam Kerr. So, what do you? So where do you guys this go? This is with this is different than the men's side. See, at the men's side, you, the the player, the best player is absolutely not an American. So you can do two different categories. But for, on the women's side, when you're splitting it off, I would say, I mean, Marta maybe. She didn't have the same level of team success, but she was, you know, really technically skilled. So, um, yeah, I kind of feel like you probably have to go. Marta. But is I she mean, better than? Would you give it to her if there was an overall award like a Messi Ronaldo one? Does Marta get it over any of the U.S. women? I don't. And that, and that's why I separated it out. Was because if Marta I was gonna... gets it when you separate them out for sure. Right. Me, but well. And I'm not as I'm not as sure as you are about that. And 
But if I was going to do three global and include U.S., or like global period, it would have probably been Marta, Abby Wambach, and Carly Lloyd were the three I would have chosen. Um, but the one the one I think that gets forgotten all this is Christine Sinclair from Canada. That's because and, she's Canadian, but yes, yeah, she was amazing. And and I think back specifically, really, to the was the twenty fourteen world uh what the London Olympics was that twenty twelve was that that far back yeah. already yeah where she dominated that World Cup or that that Olympic tournament specifically, and I want to say Canada I think they took was silver or bronze, but it was every game I can remember watching that up until the World Cup in Canada. Christine, if for the U.S. to even have a chance, they had to stop Christine Sinclair first and foremost. And I thought she was pretty phenomenal then, and that's why I included her. Now she got no support out of, and this was not as well supported of a question, but she got zero. And the the that's other two, the minivan dad pot is still banned in Canada because of possibly probably something Chris said. The the odd thing is that um, you know when when they get bronze. Uh, how much they hate it because in Canada they only want silver and gold, silver and gold. So dumb, dumb Christmas joke about the uh, great yeah, white Lord. Yeah, really, that was a bad joke. Today. <laughs> you, know what? you know what? At go this to, point, I'll allow it. I'm sorry, Canada. You're going to have to go to Tim Hortons and order yourself a tall Trudeau and a uh, box of Timbits and call it good because I was going to say he didn't did, vote did, for you. Didn't um, wasn't uh, Tim Hortons? Wasn't there some Gretzky tie-in with one of their recent commercials? Look Where it up. You see Tim Hortons commercials. I saw <laughs> it on you. It was it was it showed up on Twitter. It's a YouTube thing. Look it up. You guys can you guys can find it. So Sam Kerr got a few votes in here, and that was I don't weeks. know what YouTube is. No, uh-huh. no. Well, yeah, because they because they they stopped liking you guys. So there's there's that to be said. So. What do you mean? All right. Guys? Oh, all of us, I guess, really. You, you guys were the face of US Fan TV. I just kind of was along for the ride. So the only reason why I, the only importance I ever had with US Fan TV was the fact that every once in a while I had Mary Grace sleeping on my shoulder. So, <laughs> and then my kids, the night I had Charlie and Lizzie, and every time I muted out, I was yelling at them. But hey, there's that. So. Let's let's wrap this this best of the decade up with the male pl- with the with the best and male player of the decade. I mean that there uh, are only two uh, acceptable choices here. There's only one acceptable choice. I know. Um, okay, there's only two in the there are two, and then I think we put Manuel Neuer on there as the third. Which yeah, he's ridiculously amazing. But I, what, I was gonna say, well, are we hold on? Before, are we gonna do we this thing it, where we, we have get it, like? Uh, a non, um, a non Ronaldo or Messi choice. For me, it would be Manuel Neuer. And that was going to be where I was going to start with this. Was other than other than Messi and Messi and Ronaldo, <coughs> you have included other. And, and I, I said I thought Neuer was pretty easy. I got choice. one. I got one that I don't think was brought up, but I will let you continue here for a moment. No, I, I'm. I go ahead. What do you got, Chris? Another Barcelona player, Ronaldinho. That dude is fucking magic with a ball on his feet. But when did he retire? 
Yeah, and that like, uh, technically only like just retired. No, I don't I think like he's. I know he's playing in like the Mexican third division right now or something because he's broke. When did he retire? When did he leave Barcelona? He left Barcelona, I think, 2015, and then went to. No, because uh, Messi's been wearing the ten shirt a lot longer than that. Let's see when. Hold on, I, I got. I, keep keep talking. Then he went I'll, to AC Milan, then didn't he? He he was with Barcelona. He was with Barcelona through 2008. He went from 08 to 11 with AC Milan. Then he, and by 2011, after Milan, he went to Flamengo, Atletico. Wait, Minero, was he? A, Carlos, no, he's not, we're not including him in this. He no. he left in two. It's really been 10 years since he left. Well, yeah, 12, he, he 11, yeah. He wasn't on the treble team, the Pep Guardiola, Thierry oh Henry, Messi team. Iniesta, those guys like Javi. I guess the other players I would have thought of. What about um, uh, Samuel Edmund? Oh my God, yeah, he, huh? Because yeah, he's almost forty. Thirty. What about what about Eto? I I mean, what's that? I don't want to talk about him. I just had a bad. All right. Memory. all All right. Fine. Um. I guess I'm, I'm just trying to think of other players. Zlatan. Oh, Zlatan. No, yeah, Zlatan, Zlatan is definitely, definitely in the conversation. Would you put him ahead of Manuel Neuer, though? I mm-hmm. might not, only because Neuer essentially redefined goalkeeping. Neuer won a World Cup. Zlatan did not. And a Champions League. You well, know who else won a World Cup and a Champions League? Neuer. And some MLS you're... games. Bastian Schweinsteiger. <laughs> We did I was not, like, yeah. there have been a few. Who are, we, who are we going for here? There's only like 50 guys who have won both. But Schweinsteiger did not win an MLS playoff game. No, he almost won the World Cup with the fire, though, too, which would have been. That would have been outstanding. <laughs> but um, I mean, so realistically, like I said, I, I want to start this before we go into the Ronaldo versus Messi debate, which I'm pretty sure it's going to be shorter than I think it is just because we all. And, are probably gonna I, will, mess. I will use one word. Hmm? I will end that debate with one word. I'll okay. use two. Lionel? Are you going to use Lionel as well? No, it was going to be not Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess, like I said, who else would you have included, had the potential to include with this? Um, I miss Rodriguez. Um... No, I mean, he, like, nah. He just had a World Cup. I mean, that was Didier kinda... Drogba. He's up there, yeah. Um, well, the Drogba I think was more Cunaguero, but like it, it's you know it Cunaguero had a hell of a decade. <laughs> a really what fantastic. Kili- what about Kylian Mbappe? He came he's on too late. late. He's late. He's came on later. Kevin De Bruyne. Mm, great, but not enough. I would say, yeah, he kind of came on too late too, because you know, if things had gone well, like his first time at, at Chelsea, then yeah, we might be talking about him. Robert Lewandowski. Um, Le- oh, they, that's, thank that's you. probably yes, a fair. Yes, one. that was one we might have missed. I will. I, I will say. Luis Suarez. Now somebody's missing an ear, but sure. But realistic, realistically, when we Iniesta. come down to play, Iniesta, true. 
Ooh. No, we're not going. No, we're not yeah. going to say. We're not going to say Sergio Ramos because I just think that because <laughs> fuck that guy. A guy that he's not. I mean, he's not in the top three conversation, but he's he's in. He should be higher in anybody's conversation. Golo Except Conte. he's a giant douche. No. What about what I'm about saying Golo Conte. Back crying baby name? Oh, oh, and go. I, are you calling Ingolo Conte a giant douche? No, I was calling. I was still on Ramos. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's he's an asshole. <laughs> but if you're talking about best player outside of the top two, he's probably got to be in the conversation, don't you think? Nah, he's a giant douche. Screw it. No, I hear I hear Chris mention. Um, yeah, Chris, who do who are you mentioning? Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> the Brazil, um, the current Brazil number oh, ten. Oh, I said, I said, uh, Mr. Brokenback, crybaby, Neymar. Neymar, yes. Did we forget him? Seven. Honestly, one. if he hadn't done that, that shit about leaving Barcelona uh, to go try and be a hotshot, I kind of feel like he'd be in the conversation. Now, granted, he left for the same reason he's not going to to win this one, but. Because um, it'll always be. It, no, you know what? If we're gonna messy. shit on like LeBron bringing in the best players, then I think we have to give credit for Neymar trying to go alone and show that he. There's part of the reason. Well, like I kind of respect that. I, I would, except I, that when the wind is right, he fell down. Oh, I know. I don't. All, all I mean is that. Just, all I mean is that they had. They had, probably the. What, maybe one of the greatest attacking trios in like the history of the game, and yeah. and he he left to go get more attention. You know, I, well, that that too, I guess. But it, I, I just feel like he he did it kind of for the same selfish reasons, in a sense that Le, that LeBron went to Miami. You know the the reason we trashed LeBron for it was it was all about his ego and and that's kind of why um, why why Neymar did this too and you know the the problem in this case is that even leaving to go try and be the star somewhere else he still ended up secondary to Messi so you know well, it, it then, didn't help him at all. I was gonna say once he hit went to PSG he became secondary to Kylian Mbappe. I mean, <laughs> kind of yeah. But I think the difference with comparing comparing him to LeBron is you never had to question LeBron. Like, going from La Liga to Ligue 1 is, is a step down. LeBron never went—he he went to the Miami Heat. It was not a step down. Yeah, it's—I think— Neymar's in the conversation. For well, that's because sure, they didn't win one championship. They didn't win two championships. They didn't win three championships. It's... They didn't win four championships. <laughs> oh, there's that. We have been lucky to see a lot of really, really ridiculously amazing players. And we've been, a lot of those players have been unlucky to play at the same time as Messi and Ronaldo because there would have been lots of different guys who could have won you know, a, a blonde or world player of the year or whatever. But uh, the fact so, of the matter is all right, so, those okay, two are so, the two best. Correct. And I, let's, I want to give you guys each a chance to say what are the top five of the decade. I mean, 
obviously those are the top two. Let's Pat, we'll start with you. Give me your top five for the decade. Oh God, you're putting me on the spot with this and I'm gonna Fine, then I'll, I'll kick somebody. it to Chris. <laughs> Chris, can you do this one? Uh, well, okay, so we know the so so really we're saying the, the next three, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In that case, I'll, I will say Neuer. I will say... Silence. I will say Lewandowski, and I will say... I, I feel like I, I needed... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I, I have I have, I have, have an idea, but I got to look up when he All right. retired. All right, Pat, what do you think? I mean, other, let's go with the other three other than, other than the top two uh, we're going to get to in a second. I will say Neuer. I will say Lewandowski, and I pissed that Chris chose him because you know I always like to slip in there with Lewandowski because everybody thinks he's under. He's Steven overrated. Gerard. Stevie G is a really good choice. I, as much as I hate Liverpool, that dude was amazing. And and but he, he played fell, and he of, fell down and he fell even, down. <laughs> yeah, even his even his like disregarding his last season, he still covers uh, his last season with with the Galaxy. I mean, he still covers half the decade. Um, Stevie G would have been a, 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 a yeah, I guess I, for me. I kind of put him up there as probably the best box to box midfielder I've seen. True. Marcelo is another guy we didn't mention, but mm-hmm. um, I would say Neuer. Lewandowski. Lewandowski, and I. I, I would have put Neymar. I, I, I hate saying I, it. I, I would have put saying, Neymar. I'm saying Zlatan. Yeah, okay. He won a crap load of trophies everywhere he went, so. And he's he is the Zlatan, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna smite this show just because he's the Zlatan and can do those things. So, the top two, like I said, we we've had no we've had no debate. We've had a debate over which one maybe was one and which one's two. Is obviously Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. So, best of the Messi. decade. You think Messi? Messi. Messi. Chris, do you concur? Yeah. Yeah, yeah my two-word say- answer was going to be not Ronaldo. I, I, you know, Ronaldo does lead in rapes, but that said, I guess when I come down to the best, Messi is magic and there's no two way it, it is watching. It's like watching an alien with a soccer ball because the things he does are absolutely, they defy gravity. They defy logic. It just, he sees things so far in advance. He can do things that nobody else can do. But I'm gonna. I am going to take the rapist Cristiano Ronaldo in this argument, and the simple reason is, again, you you want to go back to the beginning of when we started this discussion. He won more Champions Leagues. He won. He won the European Championship with with Portugal. That well, he did. He he, he he got up to the finals, and then yeah, he he coached then, the final. Uh, and then he got injured. But his overall success in the decade, from a team perspective, on the teams he was on. It has to go to Cristiano Ronaldo. Although, if you want to go to Ballon d'Ors, it would go to Lionel Messi. Messi made a World Cup final, which I would argue is harder than winning a European championship. And he was a Mario Goza boner goal away from probably winning or possibly winning on penalties. And no one would even question this anymore. And I'm going to say you're wrong for the simple reason Germany doesn't lose in penalties. I know. I know. I know. So, you know, one one. One guy who no one has talked about it, and I was trying to think of this as um, I was like, do I should I name a defender or something? What about Diego Godin? Excellent. 
incredible. Nice choice to include in the conversation. Certainly by by the end of the decade, he may have been maybe the best defender in the world. um, Virgil van Dijk probably is now. Mm-hmm. Maybe not specifically this season, but over the last like couple seasons, as Godin has like essentially <laughs> hit retirement. But man, that that dude was like the best defender on probably the best defending team. Yep, in a in, team that in the world. I mean, way above its yeah, way like too. you know, we were talking about it. Let it go before about about mentioning them as as like a one of the top teams um, of the decade, and you have to say. He's a large part of that. Mm-hmm. True. It's 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 a nice inclusion of the conversation, but obviously, but yeah, I, mean, I, w- I would I would include. Get I, I guess by... true. I would include him in the top ten. Obviously, I don't think he. I don't put him in any. I don't. But who am I going to take out of my top five? I'm not going to take Neuer out. Speaking of defense, um, Lewandowski. I I don't think you can take him out. And then either whether you. Like Neymar, I'm not taking Gerard like, out. Like, you said Gerard, Chris, or Pat. You said Zlatan, and I had Neymar. I don't think he's better. I don't take him over any of those. So, yeah. a top ten. Actually, I, agree. I, I, I put Luis Suarez in ahead of. If I wasn't, I, I was between Suarez and and uh, Zlatan, but Zlatan didn't bite as many people. So. <laughs> like Suarez, <laughs> and, Suarez is is amazing to me, and and like that that. Bend that back heel bender that he did uh, um, was that a week and a half ago now. Um, he I was gonna is, say, I was gonna he is remarkably that, talented. I was going to uh, give my, him credit for his goal line save in the World Cup. <laughs> um, I, I kept waiting for like uh, uh, one of the one of your biting jokes. Um, like my my only knock on him, I guess, is frankly. I, I felt like after the third one, FIFA should have just been like, you're done. Because talent-wise, and, and at least since he's moved to Barcelona, really, he's kind of been all in all kind of a remarkable citizen, I guess. <laughs> you know, he hasn't been, yeah. hasn't been doing a lot of that stuff. Um, he, stopped, he, stopped, he stopped being a vampire. There's that. <laughs> he, stopped, he stopped the horrible things he was doing. Um, so... I, I, I don't. I don't know if it's you know if you should say it's it's fair to like rejudge him, or if I, I, I don't know. I mean, since FIFA didn't, since FIFA just did their kind of slap on the wrist punishments, um, that's what I go with. He's the one guy that I might, I might put above like Lewandowski even. Um, okay. It it just comes down to, I. I I might put him above Lewandowski. I wouldn't put him above Gerard. So depending on how we're doing this, yeah, and he, and he, that, he probably doesn't make the top five. But um, you know, another guy that we're left off is Javi Alonso because he's been retired for a few years. But that dude, between I guess his Liverpool time was in the last decade, but uh, and his time at Real and Bayern, he was he was ridiculous. No, because because he spent you know. 10 to 14 at Real Madrid and then 14 to 17 at Bayern and had a lot of success at both. So he's uh, another guy. Obviously he's not top three, but he's, he's a guy that I wouldn't want to leave off. Again, again, I guess, I guess you could probably make Gareth Bale. Yeah. But see, Gareth Bale played for Tottenham Hotspur and I don't know how that's Luka Modric's knock. He had the sense to move though. That's fair. 
That's fair. I guess, I guess you can't include Gareth Bale just because, well, yeah, you played for Spurs, so that none of that time actually gets accounted for. So we can move on from that one. Um, and Xavi Alonso, yeah, he play, I mean, you know who it, else I'd put in there? And I this is I think he's a top fifteen player of the last decade. Alexis Sanchez. Why? Chile went back to back Copa Americas with him, and he was pretty phenomenal at Arsenal. He was amazing at Arsenal. He was not right. as as great at Barcelona, and he definitely hit not the at, skids not at Manchester United when he, when he left Arsenal. Man, right. if only he hadn't been a dick. Well, I take the okay. bet. I, I, I. I I don't even put really that blame on him. If only Arsenal hadn't been dicks to him. All right. And to so, all of us too. So realistically, like I said, number one, we're you overall we're gonna say Messi. Number Messi. two, we're gonna say we're gonna say Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And that's kind of what happened. Nobody chose Neuer, but Messi and Neuer. Or Messi Messi had two thirds and Ronaldo had a third. They said Ronaldo led in rapes, so there's that. Um you know the and the is there I would have put coach of the decade up there. I mean, but it's again, we're back to a two horse race. Is it Pep or is it uh Klopp and Pep. Yeah. Klopp and Pep. Pep was at, at better teams and, and my my thought is Pep probably gets it because of the greater consistency because you know he had three great teams throughout the decade. Um Klopp ends, I think, on a higher note, but while he had he did a win two Bundesliga years, I, well, yeah. and that's kind of what I was going to say. A Champions was, League he had, final. He had a couple of very good years, like at, at, at Dortmund, um, and he's now built to something very good at, at Liverpool. Um, I don't think he has the consistent top level performances. Now, some of that is that Pep moved from a built team to a built team to a built team to some extent, you know. Yeah. And and that's kind of the thing. I and we've talked about this before is I always consider Pep more like Phil Jackson. If the team isn't yeah. ready made, he's not gonna build it, but he's pretty good once they have the team in place. Where I feel like Jurgen Klopp builds the team that goes with it. Um Can we do one before we're done, TJ? I really sure. want to do favorite moment of the decade because it's not as it's not as clear cut. It's it's very personal. Because I have one that's not gonna be on it might be on Chris's list, but it's not going to be on most people's list. You know what? And, that, and I wanted I wanted to touch on coach really quick because I thought that was going to be simple. But yeah, I did want to I did want to get to that because I started thinking and I'm going, this is not a, it's such a subjective question. We didn't right. ask it on Twitter because it would have just had answers all over the board. And right. it, it, it's, it's a very personal thing. But for me, besides Landon Donovan's goal against Algeria, my favorite moment of the decade. Uh, and I, you know, I went to a lot of games and Chris argued that, you know, we got to see a messy hat trick in person, which in person, that was my favorite moment. But my favorite moment period was Thierry Henry scoring in the FA cup, uh, on his loan deal back at Arsenal when he came back for a couple of months is that was just like, I pretty sure I cried. And just I was so happy for him and so happy for that moment. And I still there's that, you know, iconic image of him with his arms out and the the clock end behind him. And just the fact that we got to see him go back one more time 
and do that, you don't get to see that ever. Like it, it, we all thought he was done, and then that that thing, a whole whole thing came together, and then you wondered if he would even be able to help, and then that happened, and so that I would say was my favorite soccer moment of the decade. And I'm, I know it wasn't a big deal to most people, but it was to me. Hey, Chris, what do you got to go to go along? It's with certainly on the, uh, on my list. Um, yeah. The, the Donovan goal uh, trumps it for me personally of things that I was in attendance for uh, Messi's free kick goal. Oh my God. Copa America was, um, is is I think my number one because not only was was it a, a messy like inch perfect uh, um, free kick, but it was also kind of the experience of not since the days of Jordan had I been in a stadium where everyone there was 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 present to watch one person. Yep. Yeah. It, it was, it was, and it, like there were more cheers for him getting up to warm up because he only yeah. played the last thirty minutes of the game than there were for stuff going on the field. And then he gets out there. I think the the first goal came within five minutes, and then he scored like two as we were trying to watch the game, but sprint out of the stadium because we had to get to Philadelphia in twenty two hours for a U.S. match. So uh, it was that was one of my favorite. It was my favorite in-person moment of the decade, for sure. All right. So I'm going to go a little bit different. My favorite moment, Landon, Landon's goal is an easy, is an easy, is an easy one to choose. And I, I'm not going to say it isn't. To me, it was Clint Dempsey missing the penalty kick against Mexico mm-hmm. at, at, at Crew Stadium to keep it at Dose Cero. He didn't do it on purpose, though, he said. Do you believe him? I asked him, and he said, I, "He said no, man. I just tried to hit it, and it kind of knuckled on me and went wide." Do you believe him? Uh, I did after asking him. Yeah. Okay. I, I and to me, to this day, it's one of those. I'm like, I'm not sure I really believe him in that. I Maybe still not. think. But you know what? He'd be the all-time leading U.S. goal scorer if he had hit that one. So <laughs> very true. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> I forgot about that. For me in person, that, that that's a hard because I I didn't go to nearly as many U.S. That games game, as you guys. That did. game in person, Landon knee sliding when we made it two nothing. Oh my god, that was so amazing. That was fun. That was up there for sure. So, well, yeah, but you guys, oh, oh, the Dose Cero game, yeah. You guys went to several of those, so that was kind of the <sighs> only one this past decade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they that was kind of a it was kind of a <laughs> decade. That's, um, for Jermaine's me, I can think goal against Portugal was also pretty amazing. Clint yeah. Yeah. the World Cup with a goal after the 30, 30 seconds into the yeah twenty fourteen World Cup was excellent. Yeah, um, for me, like I said, for me in person, I th- I want to say I think I'm going to go to so the twenty seventeen season. For the Chicago Fire, and I, I think it's what it was. Um, and 2017 or 2016 or 2018, I got down. It, you know what? It could be any of them. It really could, because it really wasn't. They, they really weren't that good of a team in any one of those. Um, and it was, it was the one. It was the debut of one Bastian Schweinsteiger with the Chicago Fire. That uh, would be 17. That was 17, and yeah. the fact that he scored 10 minutes into his 
entire career. He did. That's first true. Minutes. Yeah. And um, and being at that game, I thought was was kind of cool. I it was not a pleasant day outside. It was pretty well cold and craptastic, and I think they drew the game. And the other one I wanted to say it was 2015. They were it was it was a game against the Seattle Sounders. They scored in like the 90. Second there was a fight. Hmm? There was a fight at that game, wasn't there? I believe there was, but yeah, they scored yeah, in like the 90 second. But those, those are a couple. And the reason why I always say it would, would be a fire game is number one, that was the majority of the games I went to. But number two, it was just because of the family aspect of going to those games for me. But um, other than that, well, really, other than that, the only other games other than fire games I went to were Red Stars. I saw one game in San Antonio, one game in Phoenix, and one game at Crew Stadium with one Lance Armstrong. Yeah, my my absolute favorite moments were stuff I did with my my kids, specifically my older son who cares a lot more about soccer than my four year old right now. But um, but yeah, the, as far as what I saw on the field, um, it would have to be the ones that we mentioned there. Yeah, I mean, but I think I thought just the chance to see Bastian Schweinsteiger. So every uh, time I looked at him, every single time I looked at him, I thought to myself, "Holy shit, that's Bastian Schweinsteiger. He's been in, he won the World Cup." He won the Champions League, and yet he's here in this gravel parking lot in this shithole in, in southwest suburban Bridgeview. <laughs> Every single time I saw that man in his giant calves, I thought that. <laughs> and yet he didn't make our top our top of the decade. The first half of the decade, would you would would you have thought that he wouldn't be in the top of the decade? Hey, should we got? Do you guys think we should try to keep recording so we could get into Thursday Central Time and <laughs> see if we can make it a two day show? No, we're at two hours now. I think we're going to wrap this one up pretty quick. That's really long for a podcast. It is. It is. You it know is what you long. Do? If I if I were if I were on the minivan dad soccer pod editing floor, I might cut it into two shows and start the second show with the. Because uh, you have to re-record an open and everything. That'd be a lot of work for you. Yeah, and I'm probably not going to do that work, but I might. I might split it into two and kind of go from there and see what we can do with that. Otherwise, it can just be one really long podcast. And then on Twitter, just keep mentioning the fact we're that we're doing a show it. next week. Next week, we're out. I know. It, well, it's Christmas. Yeah, we and I, I can't see any reason why. And then the following week is New Year's. I'm not sure we'll do a show then either. So I don't give a show um, about New Year's. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we'll do on New Year's night. It's I'll hard jump, to say. I'll jump on with you. All right. We can. I'm sure there'll be because then we'll be able I'm to sum up. We'll be able to sum up the everything that's going on during the Christmas break, and you know, there's because the Premier League decides, hey, let's just ramp things up during Christmas. So, anyway, um, all right, Chris, seeing you're winding over text messaging, Chris, we'll give you the first. What do, what are your final thoughts for this week? Oh, I got nothing else. You're done. All right, Pat, how about you? Do you got anything for for the for the for the horde? Uh, go buy a minivan, Dad, uh, soccer pod T-shirt on Bonfire. And I'll promote. I'll do the other half of the promotion. Minivan Dad can be found on Spotify. It can be found on Google Play. It can be found on SoundCloud. I haven't gotten to Stitcher yet because I didn't think I needed to do that, but I probably will do that one next. Um, Pat can be found at Patrick McCraney. Chris can be found on any number of on any number of Twitter feeds at Fine Two Combs, Chris D Combs, or if you, or if you want to go find him, you can go find him on Snapchat. He is out there somewhere. Um, at the the shows at Minivan Dad Pod. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Thank you for for hanging. If you've hung around for this long, if I don't cut this up, that's awesome. And like I said, and at this point, yep, I hate, hate to agree with Chris because it really does pay me. But you're done. <laughs>